every Christian has access yeah. to the Holy Spirit in the way you described. What I also know just as firmly is that not every Christian makes the attempt to access, is open to the access, yeah. believes in the access. And so there's this whole group of Christians, which you described as part of your early belief, yes. life of yeah. faith. There's this whole group of people who are like, nah. This is Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, in the church, and in the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and this week we are talking about reasons to believe, a look at personal testimonies of those who have come to know Christ and how the Spirit has shaped their journey along the way. This episode is part of a series. You can get the rest of the episodes, learn more about the guests you hear, or access any of the resources we provide and learn about the larger work we are doing at studywithfriends.org. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, absolutely. Do you at this, because my mind is running. Yeah. First, I guess, let me say, um, there are so many things I love about Brock. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I was almost going to say, one of the things I love about Brooke, but I can't even say one of the things because it's so many things. But what I what I find unique about you is, and I'm really glad to hear more about the story of how you became this person. Yeah. But what I find un- unique about you is that you are very connected to the Holy Spirit. And... Even when I'm with you, experiences that I've had with you, because you're so connected to the Holy Spirit, there's like, I hate to say it this way, but I don't know how else to say it. There's like a contact high. Because <laughs> when, I'm ne- when I'm with Brooke or when, when we, when oh, we have experiences together, the Holy Spirit inflames in me. Get because that of sweet spot coffee rush. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, I so Brooke is the sweet spot. Yeah. Brooke <laughs> is. Lord. So, so, um, because I think that every Christian has access to the Holy Spirit in the way that you described. I yeah. know that every, every Christian has access yeah. to the Holy Spirit in the way you described. What I also know just as firmly is that not every Christian makes the attempt to access is open to the access, yeah. believes in the access. And so there's this whole group of Christians, which you described as part of your early um, belief, yes. life of yeah. faith. There's this whole group of people who are like, nah. Mm-hmm. And we could, we, that's a whole nother Bible study to talk about like yeah. what they're missing out on. Yeah. But I guess what I want to ask you is, do you recognize that this is going to be hard for you to answer. So take a deep breath and yeah, just answer fine. it as honestly as you can. Yeah. Do you recognize that you're special in that way? Do you recognize that your experience is unique? Like, and of course I know that you would be like, yeah, but God inspired that in me. And of course the Holy spirit was inspiring you all along to go back and, <laughs> and try again and be like, is this, is this accessible? Is this, um, and so I guess I w- the, my first question is, do you recognize that that's kind of a unique thing and sadly unique mm-hmm. in the church? And then um, can you say a little bit more about, this is hard because you're so mature in it now, but can you say a little bit more about like the beginnings of that? If there are people Absolutely, who are believers yes. who are jealous for what you experienced. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely, so it's kind of a two prong yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, I would love to answer that because I have such a heart for, I, I, I do think it's interesting, even though you, you know, and the Lord has you many times bring diversity in the circle. I think it's so interesting that we all kind of have similar backgrounds mm -hmm. because I have such a heart for young people that grew up how we did, um, especially in my uh, upbringing, grew up in a way where they, they have a culture surrounding them that believes A, it's not real, or B, it's, it's weird, or C, it's, I don't know, fill in the blank here. You know, it's, it's just your emotions, right? Um, yeah, I, I will say it, I mean, I think, I think every Holy Spirit encounter is unique to the person because God is so specific to each and every one of his kids. You know, he, I mean, if he can create our DNA to be no, like no duplicate, right, then he certainly can make experiences with us that that's aren't good. duplicate, you know. And so that's how it was for me. But what I do think is interesting is how he does look at the heart because if you were to look at me at the time, I mean, truly, I, I you know, just like we all kind of deal with and well, I won't say we all, but I'm sure you guys will understand what I'm talking about. I went through a lot of years of insecurity. Um, I grew up in theater and so my body and personality and whatever was sized up all the time, mm -hmm. um, constantly criticized, constantly. It was like a, a weird balance of constantly criticized yet constantly also on a pedestal. So it was like, you know, and so, so that was, I was used to being emotional. I was used to being dramatic. I was mm. also used to just, and also being an actress, I was, I was used to, living a life that wasn't my own because mm. that was my assignment, mm -hmm. right? And so, oh my word, many times in the beginning of these encounters, not only did I get it from people outside that I would try to explain it to, but especially in me, I would constantly get that it's not real. Second guessing. Yes, mm -hmm. constantly. The doubt was just, I mean, all over the place. And I knew it was real. Yep. I knew it was real. Mm -hmm. But then from about eighth grade till... It's so hard to defend, though. Yes. Because it happens yeah. on the inside. Well, and too, I think there is there is an argument out there that it's like I understand their perspective, but also if you go tit for tat, it can be futile, that it's like, well, you emotionally experience that, and I can't really put viable truth to your emotion. Mm -hmm. I d completely disagree, but I also, if you get into the mind of them, I can understand how they would form that mm -hmm. argument, mm -hmm. you know, so, and, and I kind of grew up, I like I said, I grew up around pastors and, and ministry leaders, and so I grew up around the apologetics, if you will, of of defending your faith, defending your theology. I, I never myself was put in a scenario until college, really. I was never put in a scenario where I had to defend my faith because I was just surrounded by a from bunch a of... From a brain place, you mean? Yeah, mm -hmm. from a brain place, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I, I, I constantly felt misunderstood growing up. Um, and, and really, because I both felt misunderstood and also struggled with that doubt, it was like my experiences, I wouldn't really defend because 
I was second guessing them myself. So, because mm. I had many other experiences after this eighth grade experience, it that kind of just opened up a whole new world with the Lord. And also, too, it didn't just open up; it opened up the spirit realm to me in general. And so, you know, it wasn't just. I mean, the Lord was pursuing me, and and I I also have a background where, you know, oh, and and I just. I give my mom all the credit for this, but she really I love it when moms get credit. I know exactly. Well, it was just Mother's Day, but anyways, um, but but she really grew me up on the truth. Um, had me memorize Bible verses like it was my job. <laughs> Has my little sister doing that currently? My my little sister's fourteen, um, and so I mean, so with that, again, every supernatural experience I would go through, it people didn't even have to you know, question it. I was already questioning it in my right, brain. And right. so it would, it would f- like almost force me to go to the word, right. And be like, okay, how can I, ex- how can I explain this experience? Or put it in context. Exactly. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because like I said, Cause it, it almost does defy explanation. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because yeah. when you were talking about the feeling, when she was talking about the feeling, I under my, I resounded with it, but it yeah. is very hard to articulate and explain to someone who has never experienced it. Yes. It is really hard. Yeah. And it does sound like shenanigans. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I just knew. And it does sound very fluffy, and people don't take it seriously. And I think also, if they take it seriously, then they flip over to the place where they're like, that's too scary for me to think about. Well, because the enemy has... You know, I, I loathe them with a passion, obviously, but the enemy has done an unfortunately really good job on making culture, right, be way more about, oh, focus on the scary, focus on the demonic, focus mm-hmm. on that's that's what many people equate their minds to supernatural, yep. right? Supernatural equals scary movies. Yeah. Supernatural equals, you know, exorcisms mm-hmm. equals demonic, yet poltergeist yeah Mm -hmm. like yet that is so that is so i I mean that's real but it's also like man that's real but god is real you know like bigger too it's such a small slice exactly Mm -hmm. and so so i I mean even in it's like you can't really describe uh, you can't you can't force a an experience an encounter with the lord Mm -hmm. on someone but I know, I mean, I, I believe 100% that the Holy Spirit works in every single heart that he sees, right? It, it, you know, he says in his word that he sees the intentions of every heart. And when he sees that a heart is open, you know, it, and it's kind of, to give a, to give the best analogy I can think of, it's kind of like someone who's never been in love before, mm. right? And they're just like, okay, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just, you know, that's just futile. The concept oh, you of just, love. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then the experience of love. Yes. Mm-hmm. When you finally actually experience that, it just changes your perspective. Yeah. I want to give you a chance to share. But before that, um, I want to I want to uh, tie something together with what you're explaining, because you recognize and I recognize, I think we all do, that there are going to be some people who poo poo what you just said. They just don't get it. They refuse to believe it. Okay. So I don't, I'm not going to do this work today, but there's a guy, his name is Gary Habermas, and he does great work. 
in connecting our faith to data. And I love that. That does scratch an itch for me because I'm like, (laughs) give me the data. Um, And so one of the things that he's done some work in um, is tying a bridge between people who are like, I can't believe, you actually even alluded to it. You're like, well, I can't really believe that because something, I don't remember exactly what you said. You were like, there's no real proof of what you're experiencing Mm, or there's no real testable whatever. Right. So just to give some context uh, by way of segue, if you look up and his last name is spelled H-A-B, H-A-B-E-R-M-A-S. He actually also collaborated on the study uh, that we did searching for God. Gary Habermas. Just like Google him, YouTube him. But what he has done is ha- to help people understand that this supernatural world exists. He, sa- he, he actually goes so far as to call it another realm, which a lot of people, okay, that kind of scratches an itch for the science fiction people who right. are like nerdy in that way, which I also am and love. Uh, so when you, but, but for some people it would be like another realm, you know, and saying that um, what you're saying is asking people to believe in a place like Narnia or, right. you know, like this is, this is another world that we can't see, taste, touch, and feel. And therefore it's hard for people to believe it, hard for naturalists to believe right. it. A naturalist is someone who can o- who only believes in what they can physically with their senses experience. So what he's done is he's done work on near-death experiences. And his data indicates that there are about 30 million people who report having a near-death experience. And he says, even if that's inflated and we say 20 million That's a lot of people. And he's done work on 300 cases where the data is irrefutable that what they're explaining is true. They were dead. Their brain was good. A lot of people are like, oh, the brain is still active after the heart stopped beating. And he does really great work to help people attach data to force them to look at the possibility that there's something beyond what we can see, taste, touch, and feel. And so I just want to kind of refer to that here in this space and let people go get it. If the Lord and the Holy Spirit is prompting them, like, I want to believe, I wish I could believe, but I'm jammed up because X, Y, Z. There are lots of people, and I'm going to say this again. In this Searching for God project, I am dwarfed by the rest of the people who did the work in this project. Any single name other than mine in this project is worth looking at because they all do independent work. Like Gary does data and the historicity of the resurrection. Um, William Lane Craig does this whole thing about the cosmological, it's called the cosmological argument. And you want to learn about the cosmological, like the Big Bang and whether that points to God, he does that work. And there's people in this project who do all the different slices of of logic and reason and science. So Gary is, is a part of this project. He's on the videos, and, but he also does more work than in this project. He, he talked mostly about the historicity of the resurrection, but he's done other work. And that, that work, that NDE, n- near-death experience work that he's done, I think is a good connecting point mm-hmm. to what you're experiencing and, uh, or what you, when your yeah. testimony comes up and people just have a hard time with it mm-hmm. because it's not empirical. Yeah. 
Um, and so I just wanted to make that connection, Absolutely. if you permit me to do that, yeah. because I think that that what I'm hoping is that this series prompts people to start really thinking about things differently. And we're not going to have the time or resources or frankly, the brain power to to address every argument that may right. arise. But I can at least refer people as things come up to other places that they can dig in because those places exist. And there are so many good reasons to believe in Christ and God and the resurrection that if you are not stubbornly denying and just stuck in that place, you can go on a journey to see that, that we're not just believing because we're sheep. We're believing because it is valid mm -hmm. and testable. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was just a, something I wanted yeah. to offer as a, um, okay, thank you. Let's hear from Soph. Let's. Um, <laughs> I guess I, I can start with like my testimony. I, I, I don't think there's th this big moment. Like, um, I mean, I guess it was kind of a moment. Um, I, I was nine. Well, okay, let me actually backtrack. Um, like I said, I was raised in the church. Um, I had a mom who was a Christian, so I, you know, that's what I was too. Um, and it was always a really big part of my life. I was at church at least twice a week, um, always involved with like youth stuff. Even when I was younger, like the little kid classes, I was always there. Um, uh, all my friends were from church. Like it was just my people. That was my area um I guess uh I was nine when I like, accepted Jesus into my life um I grew up with really bad anxiety um and there was just this moment I was really anxious um because of something that I had like saw um I was super anxious and it was like to a point where I was like, there's nothing that I can do to make myself feel better right now. Mm -hmm. So I called my mom into my room. I said, help me out here. Mm -hmm. And she reminded me of Jesus. And I, I used to, I used to kind of always use that when I was anxious. I, that was like something where I was like, okay, Jesus is with me. And I, it always calmed me down. So I guess maybe this was a long time coming, but, um, she she was like, well, why don't you, you know, accept Jesus? And I was like, yes. So I did. <laughs> Here's a thought. I was like, okay. So I did. And I think I, I felt a lot better. I mean, I don't remember this moment really well. Mm -hmm. um, I think I kind of was calmed down. Um, so, yeah, then I was like, okay. And nothing really changed. It was kind of like the same. I was living the same life. I didn't start going to church. I was always there. So it was like it was kind of the same but I guess in that moment I felt like to be honest with you I don't know if I felt a difference um I think the difference came more gradually um another moment I guess for me was um I, I went to a public school from like kindergarten or whatever to seventh grade sixth sixth grade yeah sorry no that's okay um, <laughs> and I, when I got to middle school, elementary school was fine. I got to middle school, sixth grade. It was a, it was, it was a jungle mm. <laughs> as you all know. 
<laughs> sixth grade is not for the faint of heart. Yep. Um, yeah. And I was like really, really worried about like being popular. All my, f- like my best friend was like popular. So I was like, okay, like I was like, okay, I can get in this, you know? So, you know, I was hanging with the popular girls and then I was like, I kind of hate everything that these people are about. <laughs> and I was like, wow, these people are really it. not the best people to surround right? myself yeah. with. And I started kind of realizing that and I was having a really hard time like setting myself apart from them because I knew what they were doing was wrong and I knew that they weren't living the life I wanted to live, but I was very malleable and I was like, okay, well, they're my friends, they're popular and I don't want to be weird, so I'm just going to be like them. Mm. So that was kind of a struggle for me because I didn't want to, but it was just happening. Um, And then I guess towards the end of sixth grade I started talking to my parents about leaving the school which was kind of a big deal because like my best friends were at that school even though they were like kind of terrible people um <laughs> they were like my friends so we love them we if love them watching, we, we love, love them you. um no I mean now I do it yeah it's like sixth grade like sixth yeah. grade girls are crazy yeah. so you know I I really loved my friends but I I really was like this is not gonna work out for me well I saw, I saw, like, and I, 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 I guess I, I hope that this was God. I know it was God guiding me because I saw how my life would have been mm. if I hadn't. And I was like, Bit. so I started talking to my parents about um, a Christian school. And we looked at a couple, but one of them really stuck out to us. I was, you were planning on sending me there, right? Like when I was younger. We had looked into it yeah. and decided actually yeah. not to. Um, which I, I think was better. I think it was better mm-hmm. that I made this decision on my own. But anyways, um, I went to a Christian school in the seventh grade, starting seventh grade. Um, and like, it was hard at first because it was a K to 12 school. So everybody had kind of already like known each other. And I was like, okay. But as soon, I mean, I, I mean, it was like such a, such a difference because even like like just anybody I saw like I talked to there I was like okay these people are my people like I like even my teachers was like it was just like such a difference like I had such That's a good awesome. relationship with so many people that I met and then I met my friends <laughs> and <laughs> um yeah just throughout high school I was just so like I loved high school like and I don't think That's I would have awesome. had that experience if I had stayed in a public school I loved I mean it was obviously hard like right. but like I, it was, I, I wish I could go back. I loved it. Anyways. Um, yeah, I met like my group of friends and specifically my senior year. I was just like, this is the most incredible experience I've ever had. I love (laughs) my people and this is the best. And you know, there's just like, I think my faith, that's when it was like, I was like, God brought me here and put these people in my life. I, I wouldn't have found them without him. And it was kind of like, I was so grateful for that. That's kind of it. Then I went to college. I was really worried about leaving my friends. And then I met other friends that I would go to a Christian college. I met other friends and I was like, God put these people in my life too. Like it, I I have always like, I am so grateful for like the friendships because I'm a friendship person. Like I, I need relationships with people. But every God tells us that the fellowship and the people that we choose and the company that we keep really matters. Yeah. And I, I have felt really blessed in that area. This program is produced by Study With Friends. Learn more about us at studywithfriends.org. 
and sign up there for email devotionals or download our Bible studies for free. If you are blessed by our work, please consider supporting our ministry with a donation. We believe in the local church. Please find a congregation where you can plug in and experience all aspects of the Christian life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time when we study with friends. <laughs>